Welcome to Minds at York. I'm Megan. My name is Alex. I am your lovely Red. Welcome back, Red. Good to be back. <laughs> uh, hopefully the cat lets us be in two separate places. Unlikely. Uh, Alex, how are you? I am good. You know what? I'm actually really excited to record. I feel like I have not seen either <laughs> of you in a few weeks. Uh, that may be accurate. That may just be like, I've been very busy and rehearsal has happened and it may just feel like longer. No, it's been a, it's been a minute. I don't think I've okay. seen you since before I went to New York. And Correct. that was two weeks ago. So it's been a minute. I'm excited to get to see the both of you <laughs> and to talk. Yeah. And maybe some Animorphs falls into that equation. Maybe not. I, Who I was going to say, it, it, I think Animorphs might. I don't know if the TV show we watched will. Uh, so we have come to learn by recording these between Chris, Alex, and me. Um, they're in very strange orders on Prime. Like, apparently <laughs> Chris's is different from Alex, which is different from mine. Because uh, mine actually had the capture part one and two as the next two episodes. No, it didn't. I feel like it did one time, but then I also feel like we scrolled to like episode 13 and 14, but maybe that was something else. I do distinctly remember you saying at some point, huh, these are in a weird order. So Yeah. But I do remember because I double checked it. Either way, we went by the Wikipedia. Is well, where I'm going with this. <laughs> here's let me let me draw the distinction I figured out. I sleuthed this one out. Mm-hmm. They are on Amazon in order of air date, but as was often the case with children's programming in the 1990s, air date and production date are not necessarily the same thing. I believe what happened here is what often happened in especially like children's animation, where the episodes that were considered like bigger, more climactic episodes would get bumped to the end of the season rather than somewhere in the middle. And that's exactly what's happened here. Like, these were produced in the order we're talking about them, but the capture parts one and two wound up being the last two episodes of season one. In fact, they got pushed all the way back to January right before season two started. I see what you're saying now. Okay. So, like, they put them on television in the wrong order. Yes. Right. I'm sure it was an event, like, hey, kids, come watch Animorphs. Jake gets yerked. (laughs) I I feel like I do remember that commercial from the 90s. I feel like that has very 90s energy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. I guess by this point, we haven't really even hit uh, book order that much, because we've already had an Axe episode, and... Which logically makes sense. Well, and that's one thing, too. Like, part two of this is our second Axe episode. So these being, like, the order being weird. I mean, I guess that doesn't make sense here anyway. Because we are watching these in the order they were produced. But we're not getting getting narrators in order, no. Right. Um, I do wonder if that's going to lead to some kind of but i guess there won't be a spoiler from this point cuz we didn't have any spoilers in the last two episodes of anything that would happen prior yeah these are just really episodic that's that's basically yeah. what we've learned i will say this though like there were definitely books near the middle and in the ghostwritten era where we were like this might have been stronger with a different narrator 
So yes. maybe some of the narrator jockeying is just like, okay, who does it make sense to tell this story, especially in the format we're telling it? Right. I thought you were going to talk about how they were episodic. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you're not wrong, but Jake getting Yerk is book six. It's our second Jake book. It was horrific to read. I don't think Red realized it was happening. No, I I did actually skip that book because it was the one about the bugs, and I'm I just I can't I can't. That's fair. I can't. That's fair. Before we get too deep, Alex, I would love to hear the summaries that you wrote for these two episodes. I am very excited to summarize. Okay. <laughs> the capture, part one. Jake, Tom, and their parents have dinner at a Cheesecake Factory pop-up in a funeral parlor. Jake grouses about Tom's quitting the basketball team when Victor Trent shows up. Cue the theme song. Trent greets Greg, who introduces him to Nikki and Tom, and then Jake. Jake doesn't want to shake hands, but covers when Nikki glares at him by explaining that he had some of that fishy stuff on his hand and didn't think Trent, quote, would want to smell like cold potatoes. Which is a pun I cannot wait to unpack. <laughs> Trent joins them for dinner, but no. passes on the escargot. So does Tom. But Jake eats one like Axie to Cinnabon. A literal fanfare plays behind Jake's seductive <laughs> snail consumption. And Trent excuses himself. Jake makes plans to help Greg at the clinic that weekend. The rest of the team feeds Axe junk food at the internet cafe while I aming Jake and... Recapping the episode so far. Rachel and Cassie fawn over Jason John McCool, who I assume is the TV show's equivalent of Jeremy Jason Jordan James John Jacob McCall, and could be the special guest at Greg's clinic. Back at the clinic, Greg Greg bemoans the existence of video cameras. (laughs) Jason John McCool is not Greg's special guest. Governor Blair is. And he's running for president, according to the shady security guys who are bossing Greg around in his own clinic. Andalites have magnetic fur and can encrypt security cards. (laughs) The Animorphs pass... (laughs) The Animorphs pass around a roach. Then they Greg or Samsa their way into the clinic, where the governor is Victor Trent's special guest, and the Yerks lock Greg out of his own office. Human again. Marco makes an Ikea joke about some very not Ikea furniture. Rachel gets her hacker on, and the others sneak past the security camera. But nobody notices the camera on Rachel, who has found the Yerk Day Spa. The infiltration team finds a red door, they don't paint it black, and some masseuses pour bad soup into the Yerk pool. Rachel morphs to elude the security guard, who was also the scientist who demonstrated the biofilter last time. Access. Really? I'm pretty sure. Axe's magic ID card doesn't work, either because it was only programmed for human codes, or because he's full of shit. Bummer for Barco's blockbuster account. Rachel joins the team after apparently finding a shortcut to warn them that the door they're trying to break into is the York Day Spa, and that the person they hear approaching is Visser 3. It's morphin' time. Victor Trent sniffs the card reader and realizes someone has been tampering with it probably because of Jake's potatoey hands, and wants a guard to be posted. A nurse tries to kill the Animorphs. Victor Trent crashes the governor, governor's massage to bring him to the Yerk Spa for some hydrotherapy, but Jake bungles his John McClane impersonation straight into the Yerk tub. 
Marco locks Trent out using the wildly redundant deadbolt on the card reader equipped door and sticks a chair under the handle for good measure. The Yorks all start banging on the door. Rachel goes lion to disperse the crowd while Marco boils some Yorks and smashes the Condrona generator. This is a bad day for Greg's career. Jake smirks ominously. Cue closing credits. Part 2. The team crosses a bridge, en route to Axe and Tobias, who are comparing notes on the best way to prepare and eat mice. Jake scratches his ear, and Axe full body tackles him. Cue the theme song! I wish that was a joke, but that's exactly what they were talking about. Marco, Rachel, and Cassie pull Axe off Jake, a horrified Axe monologues, before revealing that Jake is a controller. They realize that this is very plausible. So they make Axe and Jake shake hands. By the way, Meg, I have confirmed, TV Andalites do only have six, but books, book Andalites have seven. Thank Fingers. you. Fingers. Uh, Axe and Jake shake hands, but Cassie decides that Jake would want her to tie him up. Fortunately, there is a prison cell in Cassie's barn, so Axe morphs Jake and takes the human lessons from Marco. Human guys think of food, sports, and girls, and world peace on Sundays. Cassie and Rachel keep watch over Jake. We cut to a transparent Jake floating in a cloudy space, tied to a transparent chair, talking to the Yurk in his head. The Yurk taunts Jake. Meanwhile, Axe pretends to be Jake and asks Tom to watch women lift weights with him. Tom is uninterested. Marco, Tom, Greg, and Nikki side-eye Axe Jake as he eats. Back at the barn, Cassie and Yurk Jake reminisce about how she and Jake Jake met. Yurk Jake gets Cassie to loosen the ropes. Jake Jake fights back and grabs Cassie's arm to stop her. Yurk Jake taunts Jake Jake with images of how he broke Tom Tom's resistance. Three days later, Axe Jake gets asked to stay late in science class because he calculated pi to 135 decimals without a calculator. Yurk Jake taunts Tobias and massively underestimates Rachel and Tobias's capacity for weird shit in their relationship <laughs> ghost jake taunts yerk jake what? about how he'll be dead soon and yerk J- and the yerk finally remembers he can morph and when rachel gets gr- drowsy taunts her before morphing into homer the dog and then demorphing where he's immediately surrounded by the others in battle morphs and acts as jake who used him to lure them to another yerk pool entrance just in time for him to die the yerk falls from jake's ear and curls up dead jake stomps him then he gets a glass of juice and prank calls Tom. Those are some detailed summaries that part of me is like, yeah, that's it. That's what happens. There's nothing to discuss. <laughs> but it's, there's so much to discuss. It's it's like those Tumblr posts. It's like spoilers without spoiling. And it's... Yes. <laughs> I also just love that, like, earlier... So Red and I watched these over the weekend... And earlier I was like, do we need to rewatch some before recording? And I was like, no, I remember the second one pretty well. The first one was, you know, about a clinic. And then Alex started saying things that I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, look. There was enough that I forgot that I really probably should rewatch these. I think it's become clear. I have a very specific style for summaries that is probably too specific. But for me, therein lies the comedy. Also, how many inside jokes and or memes can you stuff into one summary? <laughs> Seriously. Like, I feel like... I, I do my should... best. I do my best. I know. <laughs> I and like I'm so proud. Start doing, like, a sentence-by-sentence breakdown. <laughs> Just, like, read the first sentence again. Okay, let's talk about that. <laughs> Welcome to Minds at Yerk at Yerk. <laughs> <laughs> 
the behind the scenes of how we get to where we're now. Um, okay. All right. So, I want to. I want to start with the fishy stuff because it's unimportant but fresh on my mind. <laughs> was that a pun? It's vichyssoise. Jake just doesn't know what vichyssoise is. Uh, Red doesn't know what that is. Vichyssoise is just called potato soup. Oh, that sounds disgusting. Sorry to everybody who likes potatoes and soup (laughs) in that combination. I accept your apology. (laughs) And I will be taking potato soup off of crockpot recipes. But yeah, fishy stuff, vichy soise. He didn't want Visser 3 to think he would, or to smell like cold potatoes. That's, that that's makes more joke. sense now. That is um, that is the one line I missed from that episode. So, uh. <laughs> but but I just want to put in context. This was a show ostensibly for children mm-hmm. that built an entire like really elaborate, I would argue, Fraser esque pun <laughs> around the concept of vichyssoise. Which is not exactly good. Like, no one in the room gave the note, ah, yes, vichyssoise. Children might not recognize that. Yeah, no. No. Probably because whoever suggested it assumed everybody else knew what it was, and everybody else went, that's a cold fish dish, right? Like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Nobody got the joke, but nobody (laughs) wanted to admit it. Exactly. But I don't think they didn't... No, I think they just didn't realize they didn't get it. (laughs) They're like, yeah, that sure is a funny sound made up word. Let's go. Yeah. Do you think there was like a note in the script that's like fishy stuff? Like vichyssoise, Jake just doesn't get it. Like, do you think there was that explanation just as a stage direction? I don't direction? know. I have no idea. I would love to see this script. Hey, if you're listening and have a copy of this script. Neil Schusterman, please. Please. Hey, Neil Schusterman, just turn on your location. I just, I just... <laughs> want to talk no don't be creepy just come on the podcast we just want to talk specifically about your time on animorphs tv show but also about your books we really like them that escargot scene was a lot huh yeah (laughs) oh my goodness into the snails i had to take my glasses off because it was really (laughs) there is okay i've explained this to red before there is i am one of uh, eight kids in total and have had little ones like under the age of 10 running around for the majority of my life and so, like, I am really good at just parsing background noise. So you made that joke, and I'm just listening to Red, and I hear it, and I just, it processes in the back that Alex made a comment, and, and Red reacted. And it was, thank you. I just. Admittedly, I filtering out what I say is the easiest way to have a conversation with me. It's, it, yeah, it's why, like, very few, like, I can sit in a very loud, chattery room. It does not bother me. Whereas if I have the slightest bit of background noise, I cannot focus. It's like you start vibrating in place. Like you are <laughs> you are on the ride with the molecules vibrating around the room. You, there's no chill at all. I'm so sorry. 
Audio processing. Warm blanket of nothing. <laughs> it's fine. Between but, the three of us, we'll get all the details. <laughs> I usually do catch them, though, because, like, it's my week to edit. And, like, I would have caught it when I edited it. But, man, I'm really, really glad that you caught that one because that was really fucking good. It, oh, thank it, you. It snuck up on me. <laughs> As it should. It was the best. All right. Have either of you ever had escargot? No. Escard, no. Mm-mm. Me neither. Slimy food is not my jam. Yeah, I feel like we talked about doing them for French class, but went Moroccan. So. That's a good choice. Such a good choice. I love Moroccan food. But I, you know what? I appreciate what Jake did, and I appreciate how you summarized it, because that was the whole hashtag mood. Like, And it's like, okay, whoever did the audio mixing for this episode... <laughs> Just absolute genius layering in that fanfare. So you don't notice it start. You really notice it cut out, though. <laughs> it's like, when it's gone, you're like, oh, there were just, like, trumpets under Jake. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have been surprised if the American flag started flying behind him. Just, just <laughs> yeah. low opacity. Good for Jake that he found a small moment of victory in, like, this cosmic war of body snatchers. Like, yeah, I'm eating your Earth cousins, jerks. That's, that's really, you know what, this is one regard in which the TV show so far wins. Just the really minor passive-aggressive fuck yous. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think there's a good few in the comic but I may be just thinking body horror. <laughs> that, that does it better. Um, Gag a maggot. But just uh, the vision. I've had a lot of Animorphs visualization this weekend. And I'm starting to blend. But yeah, the it's the biggest fuck you. And I hope the show continues to lean more into that. I don't think we get any in the next episode. Like no, in the other episode we had. It's but... all drama in the next one. Yeah. 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 And Axe making do... a goof of himself. Yeah. I do enjoy that they have turned this a little bit into a different story, so it's not them uh, getting on a plane and nearly dying. Yeah. I'm glad that storyline got cut. Just remembered that. Uh, you know, having to peel your buddy off the ceiling. Um, yeah. But still having that aspect of the story. The only issue I have with it, though, is that it's like they took the idea, plopped it in, and didn't, like, transition it out well. Because there is at no point any concern of, like, is my dad a controller? (laughs) You know, I will say this, though. Like, his absolute befuddlement at everything going on under his nose. I feel like that makes pretty clear. No, he's just, like... Jake's dad's not a controller. He's just, like, mixed up with the mob, essentially. I agree, but even at that dinner, or, like, I don't know. I feel like there was time before that that at some point it should have been, like, my dad's not a controller, right? Like, also, he did make that, fucking trouble. He made that comment about, take a look at that guy. He, he's, he's what success looks like, and Jake was like, nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, okay, so that, speaking of that, is Victor Trent a person that Visor 3 killed? 
I'm going to say yes. Like, did he take someone's life, or is this the life that Visor 3 has built up? I think he took somebody's life. I think he has found a, found a human, acquired them, and then, like, morphed into something horrendous and had them for a snack. That seems up his alley, unfortunately. Because... Assuming the timeline is similar to the books, he would not have been on Earth that long. So where do you put the Andalites so that you can spend time in this human's head to know enough about his life and to push forward? Because you know, like, you can't, like, he's not going to get his memories. You just kind of get the DNA. Unless he, he... I was going to say wore him as a host body for a while, but that sounds a little grody. Um, but because at least in the books, don't they like immediately get all of your memories when they when they take over you? So maybe he I guess was, that's the question is, is how long does it take? It seemed to take a while in the show for Jake's York to catch up to speed. Like, how did... my impression I think even it did from in the books, too. Yeah, I was going to say my impression from the books was similar to that, like. It's all there and you've got access right away, but it's literally like shuffling through files. Yeah. Oh, like you have so, to you still have to process it all on a one by one basis. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That That's said, maybe maybe Victor Trent was some sort of like reclusive millionaire who wasn't in the public or in the press a lot, so no one would know like what is his personality, what does he like, what does he do? And then, then Visser three happened. Single, single white and delighted him, and just like started slowly coming out into the public eye more. And everyone thought, okay, well, maybe he finally got bored. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like one of those gives Visser three a lot of credit, le- uh, credit, creative leeway that. We don't really have in the books. I agree, but I feel like this Visser Three is also like a dramatic jerk. This oh, Visser Three say dramatic bitch, and I was here for it because it's right. I mean, look, it was the phrase that came into my head, but I'm not a big fan of using gender slurs personally. I'll say it. He is I a dramatic know. bitch. He is. I don't disagree. I mean, last episode <laughs> we saw him lounging, eating shrimp. Yes. Yeah. This is this is clearly a space alien who like got to Earth and the first thing he did was watch I Claudius <laughs> and has modeled all of his behavior off of a seventies BBC soap opera about ancient Rome. So you think that he killed and created new persona, did not jump inside human head for a little bit and learn anything about it. I don't see him risking giving up Alaran that long. I mean, I guess he does have to leave to feed anyway. I guess he's got a way to secure him. But but... also, like, what stops another Yerk from putting his head to the ear? I don't know. Exactly. Like, that's the thing I think he'd be the most nervous for is, like, someone trying to jack his ride. I'm betting that it's like a cage within a cage. Or if he just drugged the body so much it would be useless to take anyway. Well, the body, I mean, the few times that the 
and like gets control is very clear that it's okay. I've got it. That it's been a long time and that it, it takes a lot of effort. I've got it. He bought a kiddie pool. No. Yes. <laughs> I he mean, bought I a kiddie it, pool. <laughs> and in Aloran's body, he traipsed into the kiddie pool <laughs> inside of a cage. And then he slithered out of Aloran into Victor Trent and left that kiddie pool filled with, are you ready? Instant maple oatmeal. So if any yerk climbed into it, they would immediately be driven insane. There are some aspects of that I really like, and there are some aspects of that that really concern me. And Lauren just because like, of... I'm going to have such soft fur. Because <laughs> as long as his hooves are submerged, that's like instantly, instantly like oatmeal in the system. Yeah, he's basically poisoned the body. But then how does he get back into into Lauren's yeah. body without, you know, going banana cuckoos himself? As Victor Trent, he picks up a shop vac and sucks all of the oatmeal out. <laughs> no, 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 no. We've established okay. that okay. Andalite no, bodies are on. super effective out of the pool that Aloran is standing in. I'm sure it doesn't take more than like 20 minutes for Aloran to process it out and then he slithers right back in. There's a lot you just said that I don't know I, I basically just wrote a Yerk Saw spec script. That is what I have done here. I just don't know how to process at all what you just said. I'm just saying that. I get that a lot. The level of paranoia. Especially on this show. I feel like this that's the kind of plan that I would think out if I was like, oh, I have to think around the villain, but I know the villain's also thinking around me. And Except our, our villain can literally be undone by oatmeal. I'm starting <laughs> to read that there's some, like, concern that I came up with this on the spot. That's that's you know, the impression I'm getting now. <laughs> it's, it's more of like, this sounds like a very creative and convoluted way of, like, protecting the body. What? Have you met Visser 3? Dramatic jerk. <sighs> okay, fine. For that reason, I will let you have your oatmeal bombs. I mean, his twin brother is a cannibal. What do you want from me? That's he, fair. He, like, clears out the oatmeal, but is, like, leave the chunks to see if there are, like, other yurks to be like, haha, bitch, you're dead. <laughs> Yes, I think he definitely, he, he just has a small biofilter on the end of the shop vac. Yes. So just like, if he sees that little flash and puff of smoke, he knows that, that was a yerk. Aha, traitor. It, like, if he's going to be this petty, like, go all the way petty. You want to know who fucking tried. Who fucking tried. Yeah. Bitch, you thought. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, in paranormal uh, activity, when they, they shake the salt or the flour or whatever out so that they can see the ghost walking. What if, what yeah. if, what if Mr. Three did that, but with the maple syrup and there's just like a slimy trail of, of, of yerk and then there's just the <laughs> yerk like, passing <laughs> the maple syrup dust like, <sighs> on like the worst <laughs> trip of his life. <laughs> <sighs> Like Jughead Jones on Maple Shrooms. I just, like, he'd have to have guards outside his door. But who could he trust? Uh, 
most trusted or he'd have to kill them frequently enough that nobody would want to fill that position. Do know. you think he just keeps a couple of like taxider- taxidermied hork bajir to <laughs> set outside his door? Does he have names for them? All right, Bob. All right, George. You guys have been it, with me. Why is it that I'm always the one that's like dark and serious, and then anybody else is like, or, or? Okay, wait, no. Light and fun. Alex is the goofball. You're the dark and serious. I'm the. How do I take this comedy and turn it into a heart wrenching tragedy? Except we haven't gotten to see any of that yet this episode because it's been all maple syrup. <laughs> we will use those skills later. Yes. Oh. Okay. So this guy is going to run for president. Is what we've learned, and obviously he's going to have. I assume there is a Yerk who understands American politics. How long do you I think they spend studying? It's, it's, it's 2021. I'm going to say there are a lot of Yerks involved in, like, actively crafting American political policy. This is fair. Like, it's not that they'd have to study. You just, like, find Ivy League school political professors. That's fair. Um... <laughs> And or All right, and baby Yerks, listen up. Today we're going to learn about the, the human government system. Is there a Yerk school? So Are they just I, born with all the knowledge their parents had? I love that what, what Meg meant was the Yerk infests that subject matter expert. Yes. But where Red went was the scene from Legally Blonde where all the Yerks <laughs> slither in for class and haven't done their summer reading. I mean, I just imagine like this this white haired professor in his little tweed jacket and he's standing up in front of a York pool and he's like now Victor Garber. Yep. Two bubbles for yes, one bubble for no, you know what? Make it three bubbles for no, because I don't trust you little shits. Anyway. Uh, and like he's like, Alright, so last class we learned about this. What do y'all remember? And then he has to interpret the bubbles like Morse code or something stupid. I don't know. I didn't think that very far through. I just like the idea of this guy up in front of a blackboard in front of like a pool of little yurks all going. You just have two signs, one on one end of the pool, one on the other, yes and no. And they, and they swim. Just swim toward. I have a book you would love so much. <laughs> Like, so fucking much. Which one of us? Red. You would actually probably enjoy it as well. I'm totally blinking on the name. What's, what's it about? Is it about a professor teaching aliens about the human government system? It's Hail Mary. And, like, I really don't want to spoil anything for you. But, uh, like... They send a really smart guy into space to try to save the world. Oh, nice. It's by the guy that did The Martian. Everybody should really go read it. And Wait, is this the song. one? Is that the, is it the I one? Do, I have told you about this book. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. 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 I already love it. I have read it. I love it. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Go read it. <laughs> um, okay. 
So. I just lost my train of thought. So Jake ends up in the York pool. Explain to me why like none of these kids think twice about like, you okay? You okay? You don't have a York? Because like, he fist bumped Marco and none of them, none of them saw him scratch his ear or tug on his earlobe. That's how you always a, know there are yurks. That's fair. That's fair. I guess like. The itchy lobes. It is like really a thing where you're like, we would be able to tell if one of us got it and having that hubris and, and then suddenly <laughs> Jake's a yurk. It was, yep. it was probably something like, oh God. Like the adrenaline of they just survived that hooray we got out of there and they just wanted to believe it was over and okay and they could move on and Jake was just like yep okay yep okay we're good yep I'm Jake <laughs> <laughs> except because he literally has yeah. Jake's brain he can do that convincingly <laughs> <sighs> um I'm trying to remember how he they were able to because it was Axe who also was like. Jake's a controller, but he also was there with them. Um, I do find it odd that he wasn't with them for this. Yeah, yeah. I guess, like, I think you've got the logistical problem for the show of any time they morph, you have to, like, set up the puppet. Fair. But either way, you could have the focus just be on one of the kids or something and, like, drop... Like, you don't always have to... You know, Axe is there, and then suddenly... You know, throw a comment at him or something, and then when they morph, you can hear his voice. Okay, here's why he couldn't be there. Because if he were there, he could have gotten them past security with his magnetic fur. <sighs> you forgot about this damn magnetic fur. All right, this, I... Marco could have made why? a joke about, why, why are you so itchy? And he's like, shut up, I'm trying to demagnetize your human security. <laughs> Marco, I don't need this static. <laughs> We have enough electricity between us. But why, why, why invent this detail that is not in the books, and then, and then have cool. it not work? Right? Like, does it come it up later? later? Yeah. <laughs> is that a is that a red herring or a Chekhov's gun? <laughs> like, if 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 iPhones existed, could you like? Plug your iPhone into a, a cable and hand the Andalite the other end and just let it charge your Andal your charge your iPhone. <laughs> charge, charge your, your Andalite. Mmm, tasty, tasty jewels. <laughs> I was going with like an actual Andalite. Well, like the Andalite's like eating the energy. I don't remember what. Okay. Why. Watts is the uh, energy. Oh, player. okay. I'm I smart. It was like a I'm intelligent. Joke in some no. way. No. Jules, jewels are the metric measure of energy. You had it right. Yeah, you're. You are correct. I just <laughs> was trying to figure out how a vape joke was coming up. Like... <laughs> oh, you went to a third kind of jewel. I went to jewel like gemstones. No. We are in. But that's also there's great. a Venn diagram of where all our minds are, and it's three separate circles. <laughs> and somewhere in the middle is an animorphs, and yes. none of us are connected to it. Red's all about energy. I'm all about gemstones and shiny things. And Meg just wants to rip some chunky cotton. <laughs> cotton. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was something about the way it was phrased that I was just like. <laughs> 
What? You know what? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I will grant you, yours makes more sense than mine because I guess you do plug in a vape rig to charge. Yeah. You don't generally plug like diamonds into charge. No, but if you give, if, if, hmm. Alex, are you secretly a dragon and like eating precious gemstones? And is this your really roundabout way of coming out of the dragon closet? I'm not secretly a dragon. I think you broke red. <laughs> my my world is crumbling all around me. What? <laughs> I've been destroyed and remade in a single instant. Say more words right now. <laughs> more words right now. God damn it. <laughs> okay, I, I don't know why I have segued here, but I have segued here. So last week I had the meeting I always have with the students who get assigned to work on a show what? when I stage manage at Oglethorpe. I always like have a meeting to to like say, hey, so here's who I am. Because usually like the board ops, spotlight ops, run crew, they tend to be like freshmen, sophomores, kids I haven't met before. So I'm like, hi, this is who I am. Here are like the times you need to be here, what you need to wear, just like general expectations. And I ended the meeting this time with, okay, now take out your cell phones. See the phone number written on the board. Text that number with your name and your email address. And then I realized I have essentially pulled some Fay Folk bullshit. I have asked them for their names and now I can summon them. Oh, God. Are you a dragon or a Fay? They're Venn diagrams. Alex, I'm going to be so disappointed if you've had access to two of these cool secret worlds and you didn't invite me in. For fucking sure. We just had a fucking pandemic, bud. Why didn't you take me on a fantastical flight out of this bullshit? <laughs> Literally or otherwise. Do you know any vampires? <laughs> Don't ask that, please. No. I, if you do, actually, no. please. I... Don't tell Meg, tell me. I'm already a creature of the night. I just need the teeth to prove it. <laughs> creature of the night? <sighs> I don't... Okay. Um... We were about to talk to talk about Cassie and Jake and their bondage thing. <laughs> okay, I... Apparently. Um, actually, I think before that, it's the uh, shake hands with an andalite, like... Oh, right, right, right. I fuck? scrolled down. Okay, I feel like that moment was built up to be this is how Axe acquires Jake, but then they never, like, acknowledged that. There was never Rachel going, oh. like, just go with it. I see what you're saying. Okay, I, yeah, okay. That would have been smart, yeah. Because, yeah, it's it's the kids who suggest uh, Andalite Hand. Handlelight. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, That's a joke you need to handle lightly. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I'll see myself out. I'll be here all week. Goodbye, everybody. I am so proud of you for that joke. <laughs> proud or jealous? Again, there are Venn diagrams. That's fair. Do you think that Sean Ashmore was hired solely because of Aaron Ashmore. 
Or do you think that legit an actor that I really enjoy and follow, I'm not trying to shame him at all, more make a joke, but uh, like, is this how he got his break? Because he had a twin and thus, but also like you could have paid him one kid and not both. So help me understand, like, when was it Sean versus Aaron? So fake Jake. It's fake Jake. Yeah. Okay. So they literally hired someone else to be in different scenes as Axe as Jake. Yes. I believe so. Or maybe it was just, no, the vibe I got was that that was not Sean. I mean, I I think you're right, because I do think, like, there's enough difference in physical appearance that like that that did look a little different yeah do you save money if you film more things in one day yes but you're still paying like the number of actors right like do you save enough money to outweigh the fact that you are paying one to be fair probably not expensive kid it is probably cheaper to pay a guest star than a regular for that extra f- bit of shooting. Okay, so using Aaron would cost less. Yes, Which... and since they were on like a different set, you could have had like one film crew in the barn and one film crew at the, like a smaller crew in whatever right. house they were shooting in. Right. Okay. Um I guess that goes back to my question. So was Sean hired because he's a twin? It would be weird if he were hired because he wasn't a twin. (laughs) Fair. Fair. (laughs) Like, this scenario really only works if you're a twin. Right. Like, the the next closest thing I could get, like, if Fuller House really, really wanted Michelle and had to be like, Hey, Elizabeth, your sisters keep (laughs) refusing... Would you come on? And she was like, you got it, dude. (laughs) Okay. Otherwise, yeah, like, I think twin is the requirement there. Or it has to be 2021 and you can CGI everybody in. I was going to say, this. it would have not been a new thing to have someone playing, you know, double of themselves, like... I want to say Sabrina had done it at least once or twice. Sabrina had done it. Uh, I mean, Haley Mills and Haley Mills did it in the parent trap in the 60s right so i guess the question is is you know is it cheaper to have two rather than one person doing both which i mean is the sounds kind of like it is i was gonna say seriously probably like if it was a function of they scheduled aaron for fewer days and paid sean less per day then yeah absolutely it would have been cheaper it also might have just been like, uh, hey, we liked this kid too, and literally we chose between kids. Let's get him on here to do something. Gotcha. Cool. Because um, I'll be honest, I spent like that whole second episode being like, why isn't Jake like talking to an evil version of himself in the void? Oh, because that would have been the very 90s thing to do. When the, when the like, really... Really, like, confident Yerk voice cut, and I'm like, that's that's not Sean Ash, or that's not Aaron Ash, or whichever Ashmore brother. Yeah. I have lost track of which one's the normal Jake. Sean. All right, I was like, that's not Aaron, that's an adult man's voice. Yeah. 
Which, like, how does Tom keep getting these important jerks in his head? This is the question that's been bothering me since we watched the episode. Like, book six also follows that Jake got the yerk that had been in Tom. And he was going to be in the guy that becomes a president. And yet, whatever yerk they gave him to replace Tom in Tom eventually leads you know, goes on to, like, fucking lead a rebellion. Well, I think there are two answers. One is, I don't think the Yerk in Jake's head is necessarily the Yerk that was going to go into president. There were lots of Yerk Yerks in that pool. Okay. I think that was just rando Yerk that Jake fell into Ear Canal first. <laughs> so rather than Jake falling in and they assuming that it's the ear he was supposed to go into, you're saying it kind of felt on top of him. I mean, I'm saying that half joking, but there were lots of yurks in that pool. I think it was like, oh, hey, extra body. Let me just slither in. Okay, but... It's free real estate, this, baby. Maybe in this, but I feel like especially This yurk is a squatter. I feel like especially in the book, it was just one yurk. Like, this was a big deal. So I feel like the book on. was the same setup because there was a debate about like, do we turn up the heat and fry all these yurks? Okay, maybe you're right. Yeah, I think in both oh. cases it's just like spare yurks to be had. Because remember, Victor Trent at one point like is talking to Governor Blair's aide and is like, "Hey, maybe after he gets his hydrotherapy, we'll give you a go, and you'll see how it's so magical." Right. Right. Which, like, why wasn't everybody yerked? Why risk having someone who is not a controller be around this guy that you need to expand? Like, I just, sometimes, how did the yerks, the Andalites are really bad at this. Yes, the Andalites suck. The yerks suck. They all suck. They are, both sides are beaten by fucking children. I know, and that's so sad. And granted, Uh, these are very capable children, and we are in 2021 now where kids this age are, like, even more competent and savvy than we were at this age. Right. But both of these powerful alien races lose to (laughs) 12-year-olds. But, like, three different species do comment on, like, the rapidity of human expansion, like, generational expansion. And how we we as a race have gotten like X far when it took other species so much longer to get X far as far as like comparable technologies go. So it makes sense that even our our relatively regressed children that's probably not the right word, but like not as experienced children would be as intelligent as you know. I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. We got quicker. We got there quicker with less tools. Yeah. Yes. That's a much better way of trying to say the thoughts that I had. <laughs> I just want to make sure that that's what you are trying to say. That is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that does remind me though of Axe's like challenge to them of like, you fools, you know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, you say that now, bud. But uh, they're going to have to come save your ass from the Borg later, so you'd better be nice. Yeah. It's kind of like 
the hobbits and the elves, everybody's like, ha ha, y'all are babies. But then the babies save the world. <laughs> now, hang on a second. Sauron would be basically just the Krayak, because the Krayak's just like a floating well, eye at the top of a it's tower. It's 100%. That is the illusion, yes. Okay. I also think it is such a freaking bummer that we don't really get that in this. No Krayak, Krayak versus Elamist. Like, it, there was no, like, Jake sees the red eye for the first time, or the thing turn its red eye to look yeah. at him. He takes notice of this kid who holds this morphine ability and just overcame a yerk in this book. He becomes that target, and it's not in the show at all. Had they met the Illumist yet at this no, point No, the, the next okay. book. It's the next book. Because I was going to say, the next episode is The Stranger. Yes. So, yeah, that happens in book six. And then, yeah, you're right. The Elemist is, shows up the next book to be like, um, so I have to give you some help, but I can't give you some help. So I'm going to just terrorize you into realizing you need help. I'm winking really hard. Um, also, hope you didn't plan to actually watch The Lion King. What? Was that... That was when he first showed up, right? They were, like, about to watch The Lion King on stage and everything yes, froze. you're right, yes. I always forget that, yes. <laughs> it's like, did I invent that detail? No, but now I'm going to go try to find every school, middle school version of Lion King going on around here. Meet the <laughs> elements. From the day we arrive on this planet and writhing squirm into your ear. <laughs> That's, I'm just going to go past that one. Um, <laughs> I swear that one was going to live eternally in my Twitter drafts after this morning. <laughs> oh, um, I was going to say something. I just, yeah, it's a bummer. I That cheapens the Elemist. I mean... Like, looking at this from an adult perspective, there's no way we would have ever gotten enough of a TV show to actually get into the Alamus versus Cryak and the Droad and all that stuff. But they clearly, like, leaned into it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I feel like nowadays we could get that. Oh, for sure. But I think you're right. Like, the 90s, there would have been TV executives and standards and, standards and practice attorneys being like... Let me clutch my pearls and tell you why this is too much. Yeah. Don't you remember the satanic panic? Although we were watching over the garden wall and Meg went, wow, cartoons are not for children. <laughs> <laughs> Look, okay. I don't know why in my mind there existed a place where these cartoons like over the garden wall existed that I just didn't have access to and not fucking Cartoon Network. I just didn't watch it because I, I didn't really grow up on cartoons as much as I did the live action stuff. Like, gotcha. I think Ninja Turtles is about the only cartoon that I really know I watched as where I know I watched Power Rangers and all that stuff. See, I went down that Steven Spielberg animation rabbit hole. Gotcha. The Tiny Toons to Animaniacs to Pinky and the Brain to Hysteria to Freakazoid Pipeline. Oh. See, I watched some of those. But... I was like, you know, if a cartoon was on or was, Are You Afraid of the Dark was on, I was going to watch Are You Afraid of the Dark. Like, 
I am an easily scared child. I chose the cartoon. <laughs> or even Clarissa Explains It All or Alex Mack or something like that. I mean, those I watched. Right. I just watched. I used to watch TV. I used to watch a lot of shit. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I th- then I, I had rehearsal. I do think, especially like with what Netflix did with Fear Street, if Animorphs was, you know, um, I was going to say purchased as, but I don't think the rights were bought to create a TV show. Optioned. Thank you. I think that it would do so much better and would get a lot of attention. And I'm afraid that the movie is going to get put into production hell because you can't condense this into two hours or really even like a series of movies, in my opinion. Like, unless you wanted to do like a mega series, like 10 movies plus. Yeah, like. Either you find the arc, which would probably be, like, season one would be up to through book five. So, you know, season finale is Marco's Mom is Bizzer one, and then you've got six through ten, and then, you know, then you've got five seasons, five and a half seasons, six seasons if you include, you know, Megamorphs and stuff, and then having Six seasons in a movie. And, yeah, and it would be, the Elemis should be the movie. Um and I, I think it would work so much better. The other thing that I think would work would be like a prestige animated series. So many people want to animate it, and I understand, but that graphic novel just fulfills that for me. Well, I think that's probably even why I picture it that way at this point, honestly. Because that's fair. like I can I can leap from there to like, I don't know. Also, the fact that Bill Cipher and the Drode kind of exist in Alex Hirsch's voice both for me, like an okay. Alex Hirsch Animorphs would would actually work really okay. well for me. That I agree with. That would I hundred percent would watch. What are you laughing at? This idea? I just you reminded me of my Triangle Boy, and then you brought it into Animorphs, <laughs> full of the warm fuzzies. <laughs> Just so imagine... what you're saying is, I brought your triangle full circle? Oh, just imagine that. Okay. Fucking hey, Alex. Okay. Don't be such Bill. a square, dude. Bill, in some of your lore, is a lesser god, right? No. Oh. Okay, but go with me here. Okay. Bill, powerful god. Sure. But still a lesser god is the drode. And then you've got a cryak. And now Bill is between both worlds. What we call drode could just be Bill in the galaxy fall world. Different multiverses. That's the word I'm looking for. We'll have to we'll have to workshop that. <laughs> okay. I'm going to draw Bill as an Andalite now, though, so uh, that's your fault. It's all of y'all's fault. Oh, what color I cannot fur? wait. I don't know. Okay. If you could have that done by the time this drops, man. I feel like I just put weird pressure on you, and I'm so sorry. I did not mean to. I feel like that face was like, you really think it'll take me a whole week to do no. this? <laughs> okay. Okay. Um... 
We've had a lot of creative Animorph stuff today. We have. And I just don't know how to handle it. Like, Animorph should not be a movie. Like, that is the thing I've realized today. It should not. What are some other media forms it could take, Meg? <laughs> it could be a TV show. That's what I want. But the whole thing that started this song <laughs> is that we got a wonderful tweet that referenced Animorphs the Musical. And I don't know how you'd make it to this far into this show and not realize that Alex and I both really like musical theater. And uh, Red does too, Joe, though not to the extent we do, I think. I'm very much a casual Oh no, I just feel like earlier I was like, it's three musical theater nerds. And you were just kind of like, I don't think I classify as that quite yet. Not musical theater. I don't know. Like, I love me a musical. Don't get me wrong. I just don't, I don't feel like I have enough credits under my belt to qualify for the theater part. Okay, That's no fair. one on this podcast could could go longer talking about Phantom of the Opera, though. I'm sorry, I got I know exactly everything that happens in the sequel musical. So, yeah, I got to agree. That's because I put on a beautiful, terrible performance for you to summarize <laughs> the events of that terrible, terrible show. You mean the musical of the the musical of the book of the musical of the book? Something like that. Good god, Andrew Lloyd Webber, go to therapy. <laughs> anyway, this is a call-out so, post for Andrew Lloyd Webber. Please go to therapy. Also, <laughs> give me all your money. <laughs> so the tweet we got was from Heather at Sheepish... Oh, man, I knew I was going to struggle with this. Sheepish Soprano. Sheepish Soprano. Listening to Minds at York recapping the Animorphs TV series, talking about the aliens' crappy puppetry, and I had an epiphany that the series would probably work really well as a stage show with some Lion King-style animals. I'd go see Animorphs the Musical. Okay. This episode's about to get really long, guys. And really weird. Like, really <laughs> weird in a very specific way. Because, man, do I not love anything more than this. Like, I'm already mentally crafting what their outfits are going to be like in the stage design. So, Meg brought up... Meg brought up Avenue Q and Lion King as aesthetic options. I yes. countered. I countered with something with, I think, much more 90s energy, even though it is from the 2000s. And this is, I think, the only time in history that this show ever has been or ever will be inspiration for anything aesthetically or otherwise. <laughs> other than just being the punchline in a lot of jokes. Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. I don't know if you have seen the Sinister Six costumes from the Letterman performance. I did tweet out a link earlier. You can go watch it. They are, what is the word, bad. But bad in the exact same way that the TV show Andalites are. Yeah. (laughs) So at one point, at one point, um, is he just called Swarm the Living Swarm? I don't know. It's a it's a swarm of Nazi bees with consciousness. Buzzes on the stage, which which is a man dressed as basically the Pokemon Electabuzz, with a bunch of bees, like little cartoony bees on sticks, stuck into the foam padding of his suit, like 
bouncing off of him. The moment he walks on screen, like, two of these bees just fall off of him. <laughs> Amazing. Meanwhile, you've got you've got poor, poor, uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Uh, he's Hades in Hades Town, Who is the Green Goblin who's just, like, really powering through it being a fucking trooper. <laughs> um, but I feel like that aesthetic could work here. I'm trying to find the link for red really quick. There it is. Now, Red, you had a suggestion that I think Meg passed along that the TV show's theme has to make it into this. Yes, and I was I was thinking it 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 should actually be like Elfanger's theme. Like specifically he's yes. he's talking to the kids and he's like, You hold the power in your hands, you have to hold the darkness back, and it's like played completely seriously. But anybody who knows knows. <laughs> yeah. So I had I had a different first response to that, which was in that moment in Andalite Chronicles when he is pulled out of time by the, the Elemist and shown like all the threads of fate weaving together, that is where we get the song. But I think I think that moment when Vistor 3 is holding him up about to drop him in his mouth, time freezes and he gets a reprise. Yeah. <laughs> and like Tobias comes out of the freeze just before everybody else and gets that last it's all in your hands. And then it's unfreeze drop chomp. Okay, yeah. but I want to put it this way. The first time that he sings it, you know, the Elemist is showing that. Like, it's a really powerful, like, all right, I'm going to do this. There's I understand hope. my way. That Hamilton realizing we have so much more work to do. And then singing it to Tobias is a very, like, sad refrain version like i'm so sorry yes. i have to pass this along to you like my son take... who doesn't know who's my son <laughs> i mean if we're sticking with the hamilton comparison it's it's hurricane okay hurricane works i was thinking more of like the the song right before the last song before act two oh. or the end of act one yeah um <laughs> sorry if you don't know musicals i'm sorry um welcome to my life meg <laughs> so but you do know musicals I'm talking so loud I'm i know so and i'm always apologizing to people oh okay i was like down. alex what are you talking about this this is this is your life like your life is the musicals that can't be sarcastic that has to be genuine alex what's going on here you're breaking the format <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I just like this song that when people see it, they're like, this song's great. This is going to be stuck in my head. It'll be great. It'll be my power song one day more. Um, and then we just completely ruin it. That song that you're like, <laughs> like, oh, there are. And then there's like a, a continuous melodic reprise at the very end. Yes. Oh, no. Here's Here's your comparison, Meg, in Hamilton. It is. You get the ten dual commandments, and you establish the motif of counting to ten. Yes. And then his son dies and can't count all the way to ten yes. in French. Yes, it's exactly that. Oh. <laughs> I've also established that the romantic light motif for the show is basically wind beneath your wings. <laughs> Stop. And like it opens gently the power ballad. That Rachel gets that is basically like a Bonnie Tyler esque number called "Let's Do It." Uh, so think holding out for a hero. I have a petition, and here's my thought process: 
Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is a two-night event, or it's a two-show event. That is four acts. We do this with Animorphs. The first two acts, Elfangor's story leading into the Animorphs. I don't know what the grand like stopping point would be in that. David. David makes sense. The end of David or the start of David? The start of David. Okay. So then act three is David. And then act four is... See, Everything after David. But that's the thing is, like, we do need some gravitas between that or rewriting between David to get to the end. But that's not a big deal. But yeah, so you're if, right. It would if be we're the talking, finale. If we're talking theater forms, I think there's a reason why we keep coming back to Hamilton and in, like, the Twitter thread earlier with Heather, like, Les Mis also came up. What right. we actually need is the epic drama form. Which essentially okay. takes place over the course of a generation where you check in on moments in a character's life. So for us, it would be we, we take place across the series checking in on moments. Okay, I like that. Oh, wow. Let's just, um, let's just have a story of generational trauma across space and time. That's great. Let's do it. Yeah. And let's put it to song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm so here for that. No, me too. Also, I will cry. Like, it is also very anti-colonization. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, how does a prime twin Esplin Commander Yerk in a battleship dropped in the middle of a forgotten rock in the Milky Way in Illamist and Krayak spent a puppet go on to fight a ground war? Um. That was beautiful. Thank <laughs> Sorry. You. My brain is racing about like 20 different topics to go here. But, uh, and and plus you tweeted that earlier. It's beautiful just as much out loud too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Red. I'm mostly just proud of that prime twin Esplin internal rhyme. <laughs> the discussion came up of, do you do children actors or age them up? How do you mean? I think do we you have... cast adults as kids or kids as kids? Kids as kids, please, please. Which I think is fair. I I asked the question because like twice we came to back to Barrett Wilbert Weed songs as reference for Rachel, and I was like, yeah. "Is Barrett Wilbert Reed our Rachel?" Yeah, basically thinking like a Heather's or a uh, Mean Girls or something like that, rather than Matilda or School of Rock. But as soon as Meg mentioned School of Rock, I had a thought for the Drode. And we have saved this thought to share with you in person. Yes. <laughs> to which okay, I think I came on. out and told you this. Real quick, and this is to my great shame, remind me what the Drode is slash are. Okay. The Drode is the, like, chaotic trickster henchman who works for the Krayak. Okay. Who shows up and taunts Jake and Rachel. Basically, he occasionally is like, hey, uh, if you kill your cousin... We'll let you win the war. Or, um, hey, if you just kind of stopped, that'd be great. Or what if we rewrote history? Basically, that kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Your earlier comments make much more sense. I was just going to play along until this episode uh, is over and totally then be like, fine. hey, yay. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. I should have been like, 
do you know who these characters are? Because, like, the lore of Animorphs runs deep. And admittedly, the Drode, like, shows up quite a bit for, like, a six-book window, and then just pieces until he brings back a rat from a small island off the coast of California. Yeah. A.K.A. David. No, I figured that's who that specific rat was, because otherwise he'd be like, Hey, look, kid's a rat! <laughs> In a very Bill Cipher way. Hey, look, I found Stuart Little! <laughs> I, it was kind of just me to say that to anybody that's listening going, Who? But, like, yeah, no, that's fair. What the fuck? Anyway. <laughs> no. So, Red. Okay. Yes. This this sort of trickster demigod. Mm-hmm. One Alex Brightman. Yes! Oh, no! Oh, yes! Oh, no! I would love that so much! Would he do the voice? Would he do the thing? Or would it be like, we're just gonna let Alex Brightman have a fucking ball and see what happens? Because either way is actually really good. I think the second thing is my answer. Yeah, I feel like this is not, like, a 100% puppet kind of thing. Like, like definitely have the kids be kids, and yeah, have the drode be the drode, not a puppet. The puppets are the Andalites and the animals. Yes. Ooh, can we have the kids, like, puppeting their own morphs? That'd be cool. With some support. At a certain point, doesn't that make this Power Rangers? The kids <laughs> climb into animal mechs and attack aliens. I was no, I was thinking of like they have contraptions that like build up animal heads over them. Yeah, that's what I was thinking in a very uh, Lion King's on stage kind of way. Yeah. Rather than that, like, that oh, I'm gonna put on some kitty ears and now I'm a lion. <laughs> Roar. <laughs> Yeah. Rachel just pulls out some old cat's costume. Oh no, I'm stuck in I'm stuck Stop. halfway to morph. Stop. <laughs> oh, that hurts. I got Mungo Jerried. No, stop. I can't. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I think that was the best casting decision. And I almost shared it and then I was like, nope. No, that's too good. Alex Alex has to give that one to Red. And for anybody who doesn't know who Alex Brightman is. Beetlejuice. I wasn't going to say it because we've said the name a lot tonight in our house. Dewey so. Finn. I haven't seen that that one. The I enjoy School of, School of Rock. I've heard yeah. some of the songs. Another Andrew Lloyd Webber joke inexplic- joint inexplicably. Probably also a joke. <laughs> oh... I enjoy it. Oh no, that's fair. I all, I enjoy a lot of things that strange strange man has done. Well, that's the truth. So I guess what we're saying is hey, any of you who's listening whose parents or you are Broadway producers, <laughs> hi, we have a pitch I, for you. I do have a friend who works in PR like closely with a big West End producer. You might have heard of him, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Have we burned that bridge in this episode? Listen, I respect Oops. that man. He's bonkers. <laughs> um, I do have a friend who works for him. I have a friend that works for Playbill. I uh, just have you guys. Cool. Y'all are pretty amazing. Thank you. So are you. So are you. 
I'm getting emotional again. You can tell because my body temperature just spiked. <laughs> yeah, tonight, Red and because I Because watched... we are famously predators. Instead of, um... <laughs> Jesus. Instead of re-watching the Animorph episodes, Red and I watched Train to Busan for the first time. And, um... Didn't realize it would make us cry. I'm going to cry coffee. Like, oh my God. <laughs> like a lot of tears. And If um, you actually cried coffee, my mother would like name you her new deity. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can figure out a way to make that happen. Stop. Step, so this is like dangerous. step three on the way to kill God in, in the JRPG <laughs> that is my life. <laughs> oh shit. <sighs> Weep coffee. I don't think I played that Final Fantasy. No, 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 no. I have to become a minor deity, and then I'll get more worshippers, and I'll get stronger, and then we can. I become a major deity, and then I can slay God and dethrone him, and I don't know, right some wrongs or something. Look cool. I'm... Gotcha. <laughs> Big fucking detour, man. All right. This episode has a weird energy, but I am so here for it. <laughs> it's a very weird energy. Next time, I, I will bring some bullet points. <laughs> no, 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 it's not that. It's, uh, I mean, you can host the next episode. That's totally fine. Yes, uh, I want to be here for that. It's oh, not Lord. that I, I don't have bullet points. It's just that we went from Train to Busan to Ted Lasso <laughs> to Animorphs. My brain's not f- picking up the trail. Um but hey, Ted Lasso, so good. I'm so glad you two are watching it now. Yes. I'm so worried about him, but also he's got such a great family and set of friends. Your fears are valid and well-founded. Don't- but I'm so happy for you now. Oh, fuck. All right. We may need to start asking for trigger warnings before we watch. I've um, literally been texting you every week when a new one comes out to warn you about them. Yeah, that, uh, that, okay. I'm not gonna lie. I thought we were much earlier and not getting closer to where they actually, you guys actually are. You're um, only like three or four episodes behind. I know. That's what's upsetting. Um, but yeah, Ted Lasso is amazing. And the fact that they keep running with this bit that Roy Kent is actually a CGI person. <laughs> and the fact that Roy Kent. Is like the best fucking person too. I just love this show so much. It has just the best family. Yes, the official Ted Lasso account tweeted earlier that winning awards are great, but the friends and family you make along the way are what make it worth it. Shut up! Shut up! Because that sounds like something that would be bullshit, but you know they fucking mean it. They mean it with their whole fucking hearts, or at least. And like that account always really good. That account always tweets like in Ted's voice too. My temperature just spiked again. Somebody say something depressing, please. It's 2021. This is how I get you to be a normal human. I get you to experience emotion. I don't like this. I want to. I want to go back to being a a cold-hearted reptile, please. No. Conceal. Don't feel. Yes. Don't let them know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Off the rails. We are off the rails. So far off the rails. Okay. 
So again, all we want is whoever knows a Broadway producer and wants to help us write an Anna Morrissey musical. Don't let them listen to this episode, please. Okay. I think, I think though, we need to take a different tack. Okay. All right? What's that? We're going back into serious workshop mode. Okay. Okay. Wait, did you guys leave serious workshop mode? Because I was always in serious workshop mode. That's my secret cap. <laughs> okay. We don't shoot for the Broadway opening first. Oh. We actually don't shoot for a stage opening first of all. Oh, God. We pick a different medium. We pick a medium where we can build bits and pieces and workshop 30 seconds to three minutes at a time. We're going to make a fucking TikTok musical. In the shoes of the greatest Pixar film, we will make a TikTok musical. Oh, I thought we were going to make Harry Potter Puppet Pals. I mean, that too, I fucking love Harry Potter Puppet Pals. But I I was thinking more along the lines of the fact that there are two uh, women who, like, started pitching a Bridgerton musical that Broadway has now picked up. I was thinking about how in quarantine a bunch of TikTokers wrote a whole ass ratatouille. Musical. No, I know. I'm just saying, like that's that's that two different things that have happened. It's pretty cool. Also, I know there's someone out there working on a Shit's Creek musical through TikTok. That's true too. That's true too. Man, I almost missed TikTok. Um, I'm down to do this. Let's get Robert too. That'd be great. Oh, we're gonna need a a budget for blue fuzzy fabric. <sighs> I'm sure we can find a way to dye it and get it just whites and do it ourselves. I wish I knew where the original Andalite puppet were stolen. We could do a heist. <laughs> Man, yes. Again, sh- please, can someone have the guy who directed Free Guy or Neil Schusterman call us? Because I want to talk to you guys about two things. One, how fucking awesome was it working on this? And two, can Alex... Where can we get a desiccated, crumbling rubber puppet of an Andalite? Can you tell Alex where this suit would have ended up? I will go full National Treasure. How many are we up to now? Three, four, four? I don't... Did three ever come out? I don't know. Are we going to Google it? There was a second National Treasure? There was definitely a second. Weird. Because the second they had divorced, or were getting divorced, but then it brought them back together. I may have blurred them together in my mind. Somehow, some way. National Treasure 3 is coming to Disney+. Plus. Ah, okay. And is still in production. So we'll we'll be the National Treasure reboot. We'll be National This Shit. Maybe the real national <laughs> treasure was you guys. Oh, don't do this tonight. Emotions. The real national, the real national treasure were the friends who that the founders hid in secret places around the country all along. Maybe the real treasure was Bill Cipher as an Andalite that I'm about to post in the Discord. <laughs> there he is. It's my Bill Cipher, by the way, not Canon Bill Cipher, because I have it's no not- idea what that guy would look like. I just yes. assumed a lot of yellow color palettes. Oh, well, yeah, definitely. I think he dyes Aww, his fur yellow. Adorable. Of course, little Bill is in a this, precious boy. I mean, he's a bitch. In this house, <laughs> we stand a chonky Andalite. 
I'm here for all kinds of body types in both my aliens and my humans and any merging therein. I mean, you've seen my chonky Garfield Andalite. I love that. (laughs) Garfanger. How do you get blue fur to become yellow? Bleach it? Okay, remember though, Andalites are not solid blue. They're blue with tan patches. I was just so thinking she's going to roll around and replace and that with like a really warm. <laughs> what? That was two different conversations. What? Sorry. Alex, you go. I was saying you've got the tan fur. You kind of lean into sort of a golden tan to shift the color palette a little and like have some blue and gold going. Reds is a little more B-movie, but I am so here for it. <laughs> I mean, what was Blame- yours? <laughs> Blame all the the, the one of a kind doll tutorials that I've been watching, but like you can do a lot just by uh, dusting on some colors. Maybe he just rolls around in a pile of pollen every day. Maybe he grinds up some <laughs> some some dandelions and just like this is my war okay. paint. I'm so tough and cool. And I, we're like, sir, you are like a Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> he's like Winnie the Pooh trying to steal some honey. I'm yeah. sorry, I just. Want to acknowledge that Red has pitched an entire branch of Andalite life and world and jobs that I have never thought of, which is like Andalite fur care of like, you know, dyeing your fur and like cutting designs into your fur. And like, is I'm so excited about this. Meg, is this what happened once the earth opened a tourism industry to the andalite homeworld. now they've got capitalism to deal with have we ruined andalites no, 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 with capitalism no, i don't think so because and like negative body image that no, comes no, no, with no, no, the no. tv no. shampoo no. industry no no it's more like they learn more self-care and like body modifications or aesthetic like even, techniques maybe that but like i think also just if you remember andalites would used to be a really peaceful race I can't imagine that they are all war-torn and, like, creatures because then when they were broadcasting to the Andalite homeworld, that would not have had the effect that it did. Of, like, them being like, hey, you're right, we're done because it's a peaceful race. So I feel like expressing yourself in different colors and and wanting to stand out doesn't have to come from a negative place. True. Also, Red now has me picturing, like, punk Andalites with, like, just rings up their ears. Yeah! Like, can you imagine, like, doing, like, the the stylized um, undershave uh, or undercut shaving technique on, like, Andalite fur? So now you have, like, zebra-striped Andalite, but it's just blue and tan, and because it's, like, their undercoat and their upper coat or whatever and then they dye that i don't know that'd be cool let's tattoo some andalites and see what happens then they morph and that's like six hundred dollars of salon work and tattoo work all gone oh, Jesus. okay now i want the fanfic of um the first time that axe actually sees visitor three and starts like laughing and they're like dude what the fuck and he's just like I'm sorry and he just stickers and accidentally like snickers out loud or something and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, that dude's got a hairstyle that's like 40 fucking years old. And like, <laughs> He's got the equivalent of, of, of Mike Brady's perm. And like, <laughs> especially in the Andalite TV show. And, uh, and, and like, Visitor 3 hears this. And you know, you know that if they escaped, the first thing he's fucking doing is going and getting restyled. 
He's going to figure <laughs> out how the Andalites are doing their thing now. <laughs> something. Or maybe okay. he doesn't care. And that's how you can tell it's Visor 3 because he looks like he's outdated by like 40 fucking years. He's just All right, Meg, you have to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I never felt... Oh, okay, I lied. I have felt the urge to write Animorph fanfic. I have never felt the urge to write Andalite fanfic. And now I'm like, let's do this. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> Who's Rachel? Your favorite Animorph? I don't know how that applies, but okay. You just said, let's do this. Oh, oh, I did that without even realizing. Holy shit. Like, Meg, are you all, do I need to take you to the hospital? You just forgot about Rachel. Not gonna lie, I thought you were using the wrong name for someone, and I couldn't figure out who. I was worried that there was some Elemist bullshit happening. <laughs> but Meg is the Elemist. Oh, that's true. That is true. Um, okay, some Cryak bullshit. <sighs> Guys, I was about to make a comment. Okay. I gotta get it back. Just give me a second. I'm working on your mullet and a light. Thanks. <laughs> your, your and a mullet. Oh, all right. Alex, do you have any animal facts while I try really hard not to say very mean things? Well, um, no, but yes. <laughs> I have... I have what we might call animal conspiracy theory. Oh, fucking here for that. This is courtesy of my mother, who called me a week ago at like eight in the morning to say, so did you hear that penguins might be from Venus? What? I'm going to need... To which I responded... Okay, yeah, you, you two both have come at this with the same energy I did. What? My mother read an article claiming to be news that suggested that penguins might be from Venus. Now, I have read several of these articles. One, I would call none of the reports about the original scientific study that, that led to this train of conspiracy theory good journalism. I think the original study was solid science and it's being co-opted for one of two reasons. One, because idiot tabloids need something to print. Two, sure. it might be partly to promote a satellite, just like there's a new like satellite telescope, the I think it's the Webb satellite, that is being yeah, the James Webb Space Telescope uh, is being launched in December. And, like, I think maybe some of this is just to get some buzz around that. And I will name-check that satellite, that telescope, because space telescopes are fucking cool. <laughs> but the study analyzed penguin feces. What? And found phosphine in it. Phosphine, or maybe it's, I guess it's phosphine. Phosphine would be E-N-E, this is I-N-E. Phosphine is normally only found on Venus. So, bad journalists have made this jump that, oh, well, penguins must be from Venus, and are aliens sent here to spy on us? Is that why they can't fly? I guess. Um, 
But here's what I will say to this. One, there are anaerobic bacteria on Earth that produce phosphine. Two, badgers have already been shown to produce phosphine. It is probably a product of the gut bacteria of penguins and badgers that lead to their phosphine production. I don't like when you get so sciencey on me. I'm sorry. Penguin farts go boom. <laughs> no, stop. I didn't mean that. I just meant like, I like let me live in the conspiracy theory for a moment. Hang on. Let me decide if it's okay. one that I want to adopt. Okay. I mean, penguins are birds, therefore they already don't exist, right? No, they so. exist. They're just not real. <laughs> There's a difference. But penguins can't fly. So what's what would be the reason to kill all the penguins? Why it's are we killing one. anything? We didn't. The government killed all the birds back in the 1950s and replaced them with drones. Have I not told you about this conspiracy it's, No, I just... I. <laughs> Technology was not sophisticated enough for them to realistically do that. I do not. You cannot convince me. Maybe today. Maybe today if they killed well, all the real the birds. But That's the point. COVID was actually because they had to. Needed to change the batteries. Yeah, they needed to change the batteries. And they started doing it in the 1950s. I don't think they did it all in the 1950s. <laughs> I don't know if I'm making this better or worse. So, uh, full disclaimer, like, this is a funny conspiracy theory. No one really believes this. No, I, was... I don't think I do. Um, I just, like, penguins are on the cold side of the world. Yes. And I just don't feel like Venus has... As cold of sides of world. Unless. No, don't unless that. There there are penguins (laughs) that live as far north as the equator. (coughs) Penguins exist only in the southern hemisphere, but penguins are as far north. Like, there are Galapagos penguins. Yeah. No, I don't like that. What do you mean you don't like that? Nature's cool. (laughs) Those motherfuckers are everywhere. They're like grass. So you're saying that penguins... If they came from Venus, came from Venus a fucking long time ago, enough ago, that if you were to go through their origins or evolutions or whatever, you would pinpoint back to somewhere warm, not somewhere cold. I'm not saying that. I'm giving you just enough information to infer that as though I wanted to promote a conspiracy theory. And now I'm saying, no, penguins are fucking from Earth. (laughs) How because there know? are genetic there are genetic and fossil records right through right. which we have detailed the evolution of penguins and, and their that... terrestrial origins and and where do those lead to here earth nowhere we no, no, no. common like... common genetic ancestors that predated and evolved into penguins once but upon where a did time, that DNA came from. At once some a, point, once upon a time, the Earth was really gross and gooey and ooey, and <laughs> something electrified it, and then life started. And that's the closest we're going to get to a creation mythos from this one. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just going to go ahead and throw in my vote for Red as God. <laughs> I just think like. Did Great Boom go like this? And did that mean that part of Venus flew off of Venus and onto Earth in Great Boom? Like, 
Who fucking knows? They're not saying it came from Venus a hundred years ago. No, that's what they're saying. They're saying, like, (laughs) penguins came recently enough that penguins came as penguins, and that's why they poop out phosphine. No, no, no. I... I Can we go back to to, to, to animal conspiracies where shrimp just see a bunch of colors? Can we go back to those theories? I like those theories. I mean, that one's also I wrong. Think shrimp see colors. They do see colors, but they don't see more colors. Yeah. The magical shrimp colors don't actually exist. Or they do exist, but we still can't perceive them, and neither can the shrimp. They just perceive light Un- differently than we do. Unless the shrimp are in shrimp heaven now, in which case they can see the extra colors. I don't know if I'm okay with you ruining that for me that, that nonchalantly. All right. Do you want me to explain hey, look, it? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, then I this still can still see the magic colors. I'm just a liar and a jerk. No, stop. Don't. That's I'm going to go I'm take saying. a bath now. Good night. <laughs> I still haven't ruined giraffes for you. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's start to wrap this up before it gets any weirder. Before Alex ruins giraffes for Meg. How can you ruin think- giraffes? I'll tell you later. Anything, I promised Meg that I wouldn't make her know this. Anything you would like to promote? Hang on, hang on, hang on. What? We have a new review. We have a new review. We have a new review. Okay, I'm here for this. Uh, in fact, not only do we have a new review, we have interacted with this person quite a bit on Twitter in the last week, too. Uh, this is from September 8th from user... Ironio, exceptionally hilarious and zany podcast. Several episodes in, this podcast is a great listen throughout your day. They talk so casually about the concepts and topics that you would expect to have with your friends 20 years after reading these books last. There's many different extra segments uh, that are added added in, like, who's an Andalite? Animal <laughs> facts, mostly cloaca and spit related, oh, uh, and everything so sex related. You're so awful. I'm surprised nobody nobody munched the pacula. Or did they and I just miss that? I feel like the pacula's like later game. Okay. Later game minds it here. Yeah. Okay. There's a a narrative arc from Cloaca to Baculum. I don't. Okay. (laughs) From Cloaca Cloaca to Baculum is the Zootopia uh, equivalent of from Justin to Kelly. There's a uh, there are some nights that I really wonder if this podcast will somehow ruin my career. Uh, <laughs> I mean, none of us can run for president. That's that's very true. Um, all right. Anything you would like to promote? Love and tolerance. Okay. Uh, Heather's the musical co-production of Actors Express and Oglethorpe University on Oglethorpe's campus, running October second through seventeenth. It's going to suck. I have to bleep all that. JK, I'm not actually going to do that. I just wanted to say it. Hey, I had that thought. I almost didn't say it, but I feel like at this point we have given up our locations. um, I am very excited to see it. We have got to purchase our tickets, Red. Yeah. Um, I got to text Robert. Oh, shit. (laughs) He on us. Paul just went under the door and scared the shit out of me. Auntie Meg, Auntie Meg, let me in. (laughs) They're pawing from inside the house. All right. 
Um, I'm going to shout out uh, Sporadic Phantoms. They just dropped episode eight. Uh, it is just a fantastic uh, look at Animorphs from an outsider's perspective, but who is also stuck in that drama. Uh, it also works really well for anybody who doesn't know Animorphs, so introduce it to your friends, too. Listen it to it with someone who maybe doesn't know Animorphs at all. They just won't get all the little nuances. Um, Tunnels, which is done by Haunted Griffin. Uh, they're about to drop their final season, and it's really good, and I'm really excited. Uh, and I think by the time it ends, uh, Alex, you and I will both have had a part on there. It's true. Uh, I will have had two parts, actually. So, yeah, very excited. Um, I feel like I had one more thing. Shit. Oh, <laughs> I do have one more thing. I don't know how I'm going to edit this. Um, the Visitor is coming out within the month. I just read it. Alex, have you finished it? I am halfway through. I had to go to sleep because I had rehearsal. Yeah, um, it is fantastic. It is the best blend of just, like, wholesome, good... Like, if you've read um, any of his other comics where it's just, like, a fun delight and then suddenly it's body horror and it's a lot of body horror and then suddenly it's nightmares and it's a really, really great book and I'm so excited for people to, to get to experience it. It's so good. I... I just bought a new iPad Pro and like I read it on there and it's just absolutely gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. Even when it's disgusting, it's gorgeous. Um, I hope just, I get yeah. praise like that one day. Wow. <laughs> the attention to detail is so good in, in all of the animals and it's just really fucking good. I'm so excited. <laughs> Chris throws out a lot of the, the silly drawings and stuff and you see it as stills and like you know it's good but it's another thing just to experience it all and i'm gonna say tobias's beard is really coming in so great the best and (sighs) all right i don't want to give away everything that i know um hey red we like to thank you for our show art we may need to start considering redoing our ending credits um, now that you are becoming a regular co-host. Or, or I can regular just co-host. I can just awkwardly say thank you every time. <laughs> that works too. I don't mind doing that either. Hey, <laughs> we really fucking now that we finally now that we finally got Red's email right once, we're done. So <laughs> go back and listen to the last episode. It's fine. <laughs> I just forgot to pull up show notes because um, we weren't sure who was supposed to host this episode, and <laughs> it did not hit me until right now to pull up show notes. So, <laughs> uh, knowing that, you can talk to us to talk to Red about commissioning commissioning some work. It's really fucking great. I got to tell you. Um, where can people find it? There has to be a place people can see it because you do not update your Instagram. No, they can find me uh, at Chaos Flight on Tumblr is where uh, I'm most active. And on the Discord, currently I am just Red Death 13 on the Discord. So Nice. Yeah. Um, thank you for the plug for the Discord. For the rest of our social media, we are at Mines at Yerk. Uh, our website is mindsatyerk.com. 
And you can send us an email at mindsatyourkidsgmail.com. So proud. And if you're the person who, who did the closed captions on Amazon, Yerk is spelled Y-E-E-R-K. <laughs> oh, thank God. <sighs> I didn't want to criticize. I feel like I'm always criticizing the closed captions on everything, They're but so oh my God, bad. please. <laughs> oh. There was one line where the caption just read, Cassie mumbled. I'm like, Fuck you. You didn't even try. They, yeah, they really didn't fucking try. They were having a bad week, but they should have been like, "Hey, hey, Reynolds, I'm I'm having a bad week. Can you can you take over for this?" Oh yeah, Stacy, I gotta go home. Take care, take care of yourself. You know, have a spa day. Thanks, Reynolds. Have a good one. And then like walked out of the office for that one. And then we would have had go get some hydras. Go get some hydrotherapy, come back to work, and you know how to spell York, because you are one. I was going to go with pie. I was going to go with pie. Go get some pie. A spa day. Down t- I said spa. Go get some spa down to 135 characters, like X. Yeah. <sighs> Did we have too much fun on this episode? No such thing. No such thing. I just don't have the closing notes in front of us. But yeah, that's where you can find us on our social media. We're most active on Twitter, on Discord. Come find us there. Uh, Alex, do you have a line from this episode? I mean, it's the fishy stuff line. It's it's that line. All right. You want to say it one more time? Uh, I don't have it written down in front uh, of me. It was something mind. like, I had fishy stuff on my hand. I didn't think you'd want cold potatoes on yours. <laughs> Oh, uh, I've been Megan. My name was Alex. I was and continue to be Red. (laughs) See you in two weeks. See you in two weeks. Bye. (laughs)